Okay, so tonight, Bezras Hashem, we're going to be continuing with the Seder of Shirim and the Leshem Shemov HaChaloma on Rav Shlomo Yashev's teachings. And we're really going to be picking off from where we left off last week after describing a little bit of what the Leshem was coming to do in terms of his project. Now, for the Leshem, we saw the two Hakdamos that we're going to need to keep in mind whenever we're studying the Leshem is on the one hand the fact that the Leshem found his project of Kabbalah, so to speak, specifically in the textuality, specifically in writing, so that as we study his texts, we're capable of not only tasting the light of the neshama of the Mechaber, but also experiencing l'chatchila, the way that the Leshem tried to give over the system. Because typically, Mechaberim like Rabbi Nachman and other tzaddikim will make a sharp distinction between Shmiya mipihat tzaddik, hearing from the words of the tzaddik, and Kriya mitoch sefer. A good example of this is in Torah Yud Test, where Rabbi Nachman discusses the value of translation. But for the Leshem, like we saw in the name of Moshe Shapiro, by the Leshem, the Sefer itself becomes the Bala Mechaber. So that when you study the text enough, you have the ability to be Makasher to the Nisham of the Tzaddik. And secondly, for the Leshem, by studying Kabbalah, by studying the system of the Arizal, and in order, really, to understand the ways of the Zohar and the Derech of the Zohar, a person has the ability to taste, on a small level, a taste of what will happen Lasid Lavo. Because the Leshem makes a big Asek in the name of the Gra and the name of the Zohar, that everything that stands and is primed to be disclosed in the future can also be tasted at the present moment as well. Like the Lubavitcher Rebbe used to write multiple times that there's a mitzvah nowadays of Te'imas Ma'achalei Shabbos Be'erev Shabbos, of tasting the food of Shabbos on Erev Shabbos to bring about a sort of or choser, a reverberating light, so that we have access to the or of Geula through the words of the tzaddikim. Now tonight, what we're going to be discussing is what the Leshem saw his particular moment in history as deeply significant to the disclosure of the secrets of Kabbalah. In order for us to understand, however, why the Leshem saw his historical moment, in particular the middle towards the end of the sixth millennia, According to Chazal, the Shis Al Feishan and the Have Amma, the 6,000 millennia that the world exists within the 6,000 eons, that in particular, towards the end of this Elif Hashishi, as we emerge into the time known as Ikfas of the Mashiach, the footsteps of the Messiah, the beginning of the end of history, according to a number of our Mikubalim and Sadiqim, it's specifically at that point, at the lower point of history, when there is a new revelation, a new disclosure of the secrets of Torah. In order for us to understand the value of what the Leshem saw as the historical process through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu determines the revelation of secrets of Torah, we have to first and foremost understand a little bit of what the Leshem saw as the purpose of studying Kabbalah, as the purpose of studying Pneumius HaTorah. Now, there are multiple sources in the Leshem that discuss the value of studying the words of the Zohar and studying the ideas of the Arizal. But that's going to be mainly next week's shir. Next week, when we discuss how the Leshem viewed the system of the Arizal, as to whether it was a metaphor or whether it was meant to be interpreted literally, and the machlokas, or the polemical battle that emerged between the Leshem and the writings of the Ramchal, as well as other students of the Vilna Gon, 
next week we're going to really focus on what the Leshem saw as the value and the specific value that is associated mainly with studying the writings of the Arizal. That by studying the words of the Arizal, in a certain sense, we are invoking and we are creating a pu'ula maisa that we are engaging in ontological process mainly by studying the words. So that the act of learning is not simply studying an idea that has happened in the past, but when we study Torah Lishma, especially the words of the Arizal, what we are doing through our Isarusa Dilatata, through our inspiration and activation that comes from below through human effort, we are actually activating the lights that we are studying. So that for the Arizal, learning Kabbalah, learning Sisrei Torah, is not simply for the sake of understanding ideas, but it's really a phenomenological experience of those ideas themselves. To the point that the person who is studying the words of Torah, Lishma and properly, has the ability of experiencing those things in the moment that they are studying it. And for the Leshem, as we're going to see, that is really the purpose of creation. That Bechira, and all of the space that we are given, and all of the processes and the tzimtzumen that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to go through in order to create a playing field, like we saw in Sefer Reish Milin from Rav Kook, where human beings were capable of engaging in volitional actions, discerning and separating between good and bad, all of that is for the purpose of free will. And for the Leshem, on a certain level, there are really three things that a person has the capacity to do. One of them is Torah and mitzvos. And by doing Torah and mitzvos, by engaging in avoda, a person engages through the mechanisms of volitional action, the lights and the influx of spirituality and divine consciousness that descend into the world. Secondly is mainly experience, that even if a person is not engaged in avoda or mitzvos and Torah, say a person is just going through the day-to-day and existing on the daily level and the experiences of hester and concealment that abide within the world, that alone, the mere act of existence, is alone the expression of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's light into the world, albeit on a more concealed level than a person who's engaged in avoda. And thirdly, for the Leshem, the crowning jewel, as which according to the Tikkun Zohar is going to be what gives a person the capacity to be referred to as a son of God, so to speak, a, a Ben, as opposed to an Eved, is the studying of Pnimiya Satora, where a person is capable of discerning the Ginze HaMelech, where a person is capable of understanding the interiority of the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the way that we do that is through the mechanism of studying the words of the Arizal, who came to interpret the Zohar for us. We're going to look at one source tonight, which describes the Leshem's approach to what studying Pnimiya Satora is so that we can properly contextualize what the Leshem is trying to say when he discusses the historical time period in which he found himself and in which we find ourselves as being a prime time, a prime moment in the historical process as we march towards the Messianic revelation of a new Torah, of a Torah Kaduma, of a Torah Chadashem, that a new Torah Kavyachol, a Torah in a new form, containing the essentials of everything that we know nowadays, yet revealed in a more supernal atzili form as the end of the process of history. Now, before we start with the text from the Leshem, to connect it to this man that we're in, to connect the understanding of the revelation of Soda Satora to the second night of Hanukkah, if a person looks in Rav Pinchas Karitzer's Imre Pinchas, or the compilation of Rav Pinchas Karitzer's writings, compiled beautifully 
and explicated and spread out in the teachings of the Bnei Sashar on Hanukkah, what we find is that the light of Hanukkah, the lights that are revealed on Hanukkah, the Neros, are representative of a deeper, inexpressible light. That the light that is accessed on Hanukkah is what's referred to by Chazal as the Or Haganus. There was a primary light, which we're going to discuss in future shirin, because the Leshem has a lot to say about the Or Haganus, that it's Mishameshes at every moment of history, animating and constituting all the fallenness of history, as we said last week. But there's an Or Haganus, there's a concealed light, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to hide away, hide away so that Bechira can reign, so that there can be separateness between good and evil, between light and darkness. But God didn't remove this Or Haganus. He didn't remove this concealed light which animates existence. He simply concealed it, and he hid it. And Rav Pinchas Karzer asks, where did he hide this away? And what our tzaddikim tell us is that the light, the Or Haganus, is not hidden away in the mystical acts of the mystics, it's not hidden away in the self-sacrifice and the mesirut nefesh of the aesthetic, but rather it is hidden away in the Torah. It is hidden away in the textuality of the books that we study, in Torah Shebechsav and in Torah Shebaal that a Jewish person, when they study the text of Torah, not only do they have the capacity of discerning truth from untruth, of clarifying right from wrong, but in the act of study itself, when it's done l'shma, when it's done l'shem ha'osios, l'shem ha'shchina kavyachol, that we have access to this Or Haganah so that the act of learning becomes in and of itself a taste of Geula. That learning Torah, that studying the secrets of Torah, is not simply a hechitimsa, a way of experiencing the preparation towards Geula, but it is Geula in and of itself. Like the Zohar tells us multiple times that Baha'i Safra Yafkin Megalusa, that through studying this Sefer, by studying this text of the Zohar, of studying Pneumius HaTorah, that a person will merit Geula, so the typical way that the Mephorshim understand this statement is that it's a cause and effect. That if you study the Zohar, if you study Pneumius HaTorah, if you study the interiority of Torah, if you study the teachings of the Arizal, as they were brought down to us by his student, Rav Chaim Vital and Rav Yisrael Sarug and his Tamidim, and through the lens of the four different Sadiqim who emerged, the Rashash and his students, the Ramchal and his students, the Vilnagon and his students, the Baal Shem Tov and his students, the Baal Asulam and his students, Bechule Bechule that a person will prepare themselves for Geula. But there's a different way of understanding it that comes out from the Leshem. It's not simply a cause and effect that if I study Pneumius Torah, I merit Geula. But that in and of itself, the studying of Torah becomes a moment of Geula. That when we study Pneumius Torah, when we access the supernal realms of idealism, the way that the world is truly supposed to operate, which is described in the system of the Arizal, that in and of itself, we are tasting and experiencing the light of Geula a te'ima, a taste, if you will, like we said last week, of tasting that which stands primed to be revealed in the future in the present moment. The Leshem says as follows. The Leshem says in his Hakdamos Sha'arim, which is the first, the, the first Sefer published, the last Sefer written, which is really a Hakadama and a Sha'ar, an introduction as well as a gate into the system of the Arizal. And as we continue further in the shirim, we're going to discuss the difference between a hakdama, an introduction, and a sha'ar, which is a gate. A hakdama, an introduction, always leaves a person feeling that they're standing at the precipice, that they're standing at the opening and they're not getting any further. Everything is a hakdama. Everything is still considered an introduction as if we have never entered. A sha'ar, on the other hand, the gate, is an entryway where a person, once they enter in through the gate, they're already within the arena that they've wanted to enter into. 
And for the Leshem, there's two types of studying the Soda Satora. There's Hakdamos, there are introductions that we always have to hold on to the idea that we're still simply standing at the Pesach. And then there's Sha'arim, there are ways of entering in truly that a person can begin to experience the Eitzachayim itself, the tree of life itself. The Leshem writes it as follows, and this is in Shar Aleph, Perak Zayin, where again, and we're not touching on this this week, but the Leshem here is drawing on the Rambam. Unlike really any other Makubal, at least post the Arizal, the Leshem saw himself as really trying to clarify the system of the Rambam as described in Moranavuchim. The difference for the Leshem, however, is that it's not apologetic. He's not trying to regain the rightful state of the Rambam in spite of the fact that Moranavuchim seems to say things that are counteractive to the system of Kabbalah. Nor is the Leshem trying to claim that the Rambam was expressing Kabbalistic ideas in philosophical language. But rather, the Leshem sees in the system of the Rambam as described in Moranavuchim the truest form of Jewish monotheism, the truest form of the theology of the Jewish people, primarily the negative theology, the simple fact that at the end of the day, when all is said and done, we can't say anything about a Kaddish Baruch Hu. At the end of the day, everything ends with a Kaviachol. That at a certain point, as we enter into the levels of Ayin, into the levels of nothingness, and we start to contemplate that which preceded the symptom, that which preceded the originary constriction through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed himself in the world, all we can say is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not. It's an apophatic faith in the sense that what we say about HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in and of itself a speaking away of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That as we try and define HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're simultaneously saying what we can't truly say. Because Sof Davar HaKon it's Ein Sof. It's unlimited. And it's not a religion of Yidiya. We are not a religion of knowledge and grasping HaKadosh Baruch Hu, absolutely, like we've spoken about often in Reish Milin. But rather, Judaism is a religion of faith, a faith that is born in the absence of the capacity to know something. And the Leshem sees that as the crowning jewel of the Rambam system. And we're going to see how throughout Leshem Shabbat Vachaloma, the Leshem is really utilizing the Ramzam system in Moranavuchim as a fundamental expression of what the Arizal was truly trying to say. But here, the Leshem is going to be using a different part of the Rambam. And this is really going to be from Parach Samach Ches in the first Chalik of Moranavuchim. The Leshem says as follows. He says, and we're picking up in the middle of a discussion over here. Aval Giloi Ritzon Aleinu the disclosure of the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that is revealed to us, meaning Hashem doesn't reveal himself to us in and of himself, chas v'shalom, we have no access to atzmus Baruch we have no access to the essence of God, whatever that might mean if we could conceive of such a thing, but rather HaKadosh Baruch Hu discloses himself through his will and through the Eser Sviros, which in spite of the fact that the Mekubalim seem to imply at certain points are separate and apart, God forbid, from godliness, Every Makubal who maintains a true faith of Raza Dimeim Nusa is also going to double down and say that in spite of the fact that the Kochos that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself through seem separate, in spite of that, in their Pnimius, in their most interior part, they are nothing but HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to the extent that they are both HaKadosh Baruch Hu and not HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that they are something and nothing at the same time. And it's only through this paradox of Treha Fachem Minosa Echad, of two contradictory clauses within one statement, that a person can come to understand the Raza de Mehemnusa, the secret of faith, which is the impossible paradox of a Kaddish Baruch Hu being entirely removed from existence, yet at the same point permeating every aspect of existence without fail. 
This is the stira that we're going to come upon later on, not tonight, of Soviv Ka'amen and Mamala Ka'amen. The simple fact that the Sviros can't be HaKadosh Baruch Hu, yet on the other hand, they are nothing but HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it's specifically in that paradoxical space, in that stira Elyona, which stands above the Chachmas Yavan, the capacity to try and discern some absolute truth, the Yosef Bestira Al Yavan, that sits above Yavan through Stira, through beholding contradictions, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is revealed. Aval Gilei Ritzono, the disclosure of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will, Shenetgala Aleinu, that is revealed towards us, Kinehu Giloi Me'elokuso Atzmo, it is a revelation of his godliness itself. And this is where the fundamental necessity of studying Torah emerges from. Because it's known that the mind of the individual and the individual themselves and the act of understanding an idea are one and the same. Shahasechel, the mind, the hamaskil, and the individual who is thinking with their mind, the hamuskal, and the idea that they are contemplating are all unified. So that when I am studying an idea, what I am doing is I am grasping that idea and it is coming down into my mind to the extent that it becomes part and parcel of my experience. The Balatanya expresses this in a fundamental way as well in the beginning of Tanya, in Parak Dalid. And when a person understands and knows a certain aspect of the Torah, at that moment, the person is cleaving and connected to and unified with the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Mamish, in a real way. Because that knowledge, that idea that we're studying, becomes part and parcel of the individual's mind. Which is an aspect of the experience of the person. And at which point the person is fundamentally unified with the desire and the will through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu disclosed himself. And the lesson continues, and we're skipping a little bit, and we're going to begin reading from Perak Tess of Shar Aleph. And he continues and he says, It's easy to understand with this understanding of what learning Torah actually is, the unity between the Seichel and the Muskal, the world of Torah Shvalpeh, and we discussed this in Os Zion and Reish Milin, and we discussed this in Os Ches, that the worlds of separation correspond to the Torah of the Eitz Hadas Tovarah, of Kosher and Mutter, of Pasal and Usr, and of Tameh and Tahor the six differentiations between what is allowed and what is disallowed, the space of disclarity, of doubts, where we need to clarify things through our hakiros and through our iyun to try and discern the kernel of truth from within the husks of untruth. But the Torah of Atzilus, the supernal realm, the ideal realm where things remain as they were meant to be in the original thought of creation, that is the Torah of the Yitzhakayim. That is the Torah of Pnimiyas Torah, as Rav Chaim Vital expresses explicitly in his Akhtamah to the Sefer Etz Chaim. So if when a person is studying Torah Shabal Peh and trying to understand and disclose the kernel of truth from within the husks of untruth and concealment, a person is connected to the Ratzon of Akadush Baruch Hu, all the more so when a person is learning about the Olam Ha'atzilus, 
All the more so when a person is learning about the ideal state of things where a Kaddish Baruch Hu discloses himself devoid of any concealment, devoid of any hiddenness, devoid of any klipos and husks of negativity, chas v'shalom. All the more so a person is going to be connecting themselves to a supernal level of existence and allowing their souls and their neshamos and their minds to experience a level of clarity that is hitherto inaccessible because we operate within the worlds of concealment. So Leshem says it's easy to understand the elevated status and holiness that a person experiences when they study something that discusses lights of Atsilus as opposed to the worlds of Bria Yitzira Nasiya. A person cleaves through this, but or atzmo that a person when studying the worlds of Atsilus, when studying Panimiya Satoru, and studying the words of the Arizal, a person is connecting themselves to the light of godliness, the Torah is not concealed at that point. We are not trying to discern through the levels of Mishalim and through the Sugyos of Chazal and the Yama Talmud, which contains the Ramazim of all Sisrei Torah, but rather we're exposed to Sisrei Torah themselves. We're exposed to the real. We're not stuck in the symbolic or the imaginary expression of the real, but we're actually exposed to the real itself at that point without any distinction, without any concealment. And when a person studies this realm of supernality, of atzilus, that is devoid of the concealment of the worlds of separation which abide within Torah Shabbat, a person actually becomes a seat for the Shechina Kav that a person can experience a, a deepened expression of godliness in their lives, a deeper level of emuna, a deeper level of clarity, a deeper level of hope within the world's hopelessness. Kemosha Amarnu Le'el, like we said above, Ki that the concept that we think about and the thinker and the mind of the thinker are unified so that what I am thinking about and what I am contemplating becomes part and parcel of my experience, like we said in the name of the Rambam. And this is what we mean when we say that the Or Haganus is concealed in the Torah, like we said in the name of Rapinchas, that by studying the Torah, we actually experience the Or Haganus, whether consciously or unconsciously, that by reading the words that are written by our tzaddikim, our neshamus undergo a process of clarification that unbeknownst to us is actually elevating us to a higher level of experience developing more sensitivity to Kedusha, resolving more doubts in Emunah. And not only does a person become a ma'on, become a seat for the Shechina, become unified with the realms of supernality and holiness, but through our study, through the Isarusa Dilatata, through the human effort, through our volitional decisions that we make, we are actually engaging the mechanisms that allow for these things to take place. There is an ontological value to studying Kabbalah. Why? Because when we study Kabbalah, the things that we talk about and the things that we think about begin to take place through our own words of study. And he quotes here from the Hakdam of the Sefer HaZohar, where Rashbi tells the students in one of the most beautiful aspects of the Zohar, he warns them that every word that they speak of the Zohar, every idea that they speak in Torah, every drusha that they make builds a new rakiah. To a certain level, every word of Torah that a person studies creates a universe, creates a space within which that person can hide themselves, creates a space within which that person can find themselves, creates a new expression of reality so that what we were experienced previous to our learning can now be experienced in a new way, 
And if a person was bitsar beforehand, in pain before their study, by studying we open up channels that can disclose to us new lights that have hitherto been unexposed. The Arizal tells us in Eitz Chaim even, that every day there is a new parish of the Zohar that comes into the world. That ontologically speaking, there are new ways of understanding that are disclosed at each moment of existence that prior to that moment of existence could not be accessed. Because every way of understanding, every discernment and chidush that we have in Torah, both personally and collectively, is not only understanding something new, but it is building a new experience within which a person can find themselves, hide themselves, and experience peace in the world. And the Leshem continues and he says, And therefore there is a massive chiyuv and an obligation on each person who has the capacity to study these secrets of Kabbalah to study in them. And he brings down a number of sources that expresses this, primarily once again emphasizing the fact that when we study Kabbalah, when we study the words of the Arizal and the words of the Zohar, and the words of the Gra and the Lashem and the Ramchal and the Baal Shem Tov and the Baal Sulam and any of our tzaddikim, what we're doing is we're not only understanding things that were hitherto unexposed to us, but we're actually engaged, consciously or unconsciously, in bringing about these giluyim. So that studying Torah itself is not simply an epistemological experience where I try and understand something new, but it's an ontological experience where through my study and through my learning, I am actually bringing about the phenomenon that I am learning about. Now, as we're going to see next week, Bezra Hashem, when we talk about the mushal and the nimshal of Kabbalah Sa'ari, the figurative or metaphoric and or literal way of understanding the Arizal and the Leshem's unique space within that argument, we're going to see this idea expressed more explicitly and more vividly. But for now, what I wanted to use this Hakdama as is to try and contextualize and understand what the Leshem saw his purpose as and what the Leshem saw the historical process of the disclosure of secrets as. Because when we look at the history of the secrets of Torah, of Kabbalah being disclosed, of Panimiya Satorah, specifically the Sefer HaZohar and the Kitve HaArizal as expressed through his students, what we find is that there is a historical process to this. There is a confusion that abides when we look at the historical process of the disclosure of secrets. And what our Mikubalim tell us is that it is not accidental. That every moment of Giloi Soda Satora, of the relevatory process of Soda Satora, is part of the Nora Alila, is part of the divine consciousness, Kabyachal, that animates history to the point that everything that happens is for a specific purpose and is for a specific reason. And it is not accidental that we see the Zohar as being written by Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the Chavrayev, in the second century. And the Zohar being concealed and only revealed later on at the beginning of the 6th century in 1250. And then the Arizal arrives and emerges in the, end, in the middle of the 16th century. So there is a historical interruption between the writing of the Zohar, the compilation of the Zohar, the arrangement of the Zohar, the historical Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and his Chavrayev the giloy of the Sefer HaZohar, the revelation of the Zohar so that it could be studied as a text, as well as the system of the Arizal and the subsequent commentators. And what we find multiple times in the writings of different Mekubalim, in the Vayaka Moshe, the Chida, the Sheir Yisrael, the Velendiker has an incredible teach on the derech of giloy Soda Satora and the introduction to the new Sheir Yisrael, the Velendiker written by Rav Moonshine, 
Zecher Tzadik Lebracha has a deep explanation of the process of the disclosure of secrets. But we find very often that the Sefer HaZohar was written by Rashbi and Chavrayev, but it couldn't be disclosed in the 5th century. In the 5th century, which is corresponding to the sphere of Hod, because Hodi Nahapachalai Lamashchis, that Hod, which is the sugya that we're in in the Yemei Hanukkah, is a dangerous area. It's the Kaf of Yaakov Avinu, it's the thigh of Yaakov Avinu, which was damaged by the, by the Satan, by the Malach of Esav. So that's a time period where the Jewish people found themselves in deep distress, and the world wasn't right for the disclosure of secrets. And then comes along the beginning of the Elif Hashishi, the beginning of the Sira of Yesod that the Leshem points out, and the Bnei Yisoskar points out in his commentary on Sur Meiravi Asetov from the Ateras Tzvi of Zidichav, an incredibly remarkable sefer in understanding what the system of the Arizal is. So we find in these historical moments different aspects of revelation, and what the Leshem wants us to understand is that as we emerge deeper into history, as the Levavos, as the hearts of individuals become lower and lower, and more concealed and less capable of understanding secrets of Torah. Specifically there, we have more and more access to things that were not revealed beforehand. So the first Makor that we're going to be looking at from the Leshem is in Sefer Hadea, in Sefer Drushe Olamatohu, which is going to be in Chelek Aleph, Drushe Simen Gimel. Here the Leshem Shubavachaloma is discussing two modes that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself into the world as that there is a giloi of Iker, and there is a giloi of Tosefes. That throughout history, there are two modes of, not governance, because governance is a word that the Leshem is going to have an issue with, as we're going to see next week, when he describes his issue with the people who study the Ramchal too much. But what the Leshem is describing are two modes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealing himself in existence. One is going to be a giloi ha-Iker, that which is fundamental to experience the necessary lights, the necessary influx of divine light that animates existence as we know it. That's going to be what's referred to and typically known as an orpanimi, an interior light, which is basically the minimum amount of light that existence and an individual needs in order to function as a person at that given moment. It's basically that which drives existence to continue itself. Nothing out of the ordinary, everything beteva, arranged from the beginning of time to operate according to its strictures and laws. That's going to be the giloi ha'ikr, that which is fundamental. And the Leshem continues and he says, beyond the giloi ha'ikr, beyond the revelation of the fundamental expression of light that allows existence to continue, there's also going to be something called the giloi ha'tosefes, the revelation of the additional light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That is when there are moments in history where beyond Teva, beyond the natural order of things, there is a supernatural expression that emerges into the world. This is going to be what's corresponding to the Or HaMakif, the surrounding light. If the Giloi HaIkar and the fundamental expression of light for the sake of existence is going to be the Or Pnimi, the interior light which has vessels that contain it, the Or Makif, the surrounding light which transcends its vessels, which transcends its containment, is what gives us a taste of that which is beyond. That giloi hatosefes, that additional giloi, is something that is not fundamental to existence, but it is something that animates existence with a light that transcends it. It is a taste of the future, as opposed to the teva, the natural order of things, of the six days a week, 
which are expressed in the Or HaIker, in the fundamental light of the interior light of Or Panimi, the Or Makif that is representative of the Tosefes, the light of additionality, the light of that which is added upon, is going to be the Or Hanisi that the Lashem discusses at length in Sefer HaKlalim and elsewhere. That the Or HaTosefes is going to be those historical moments where light emerges beyond its containment, beyond its vessels. And in his discussion of describing those moments in history, when there is a giloy of Tosefes, when there is something more than the ordinary that emerges into existence, when the Or HaMakif, when the surrounding light, which typically extends beyond its containment, beyond the vessels, begins to drip and melt into the vessels themselves, so that is, there is a taste of the Ormakif within the Orpnimi, that we can experience the light of Nisim within the world of Teva, the Leshem begins to discuss how we see this historically speaking. And he says as follows. There's a second way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself in the world, through which the elevated realms of being emerge and manifest within the lower realms of being. This is the aspect of Tosefes, the aspect of the additional light. At times, there are moments when there is an additional light and clarity that descends into all of existence. Not only not only in the general existence, but in each and every individual part of existence. This paradigmatic shift where existence takes on a new form. And all of existence undergoes a revolution in which it emerges to a higher level. Through these elevated lights that discern and descend into existence. And we're reading again from Chilak Aleph and Drusha Ilamatohu, Drush Hasim and Gimel, Oz Dalid. And the Leshem continues and he says, In the times of the Tanaim, Ubeprat Biyame Rashbi, and specifically in the times of Rashbi, that at that moment, in those specific times, HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed this Tosefes Or, the supernatural light that was beyond the natural order of history, to descend into the world where all the gates of light of Sisrei Torah opened up, as described in the Zohar HaKadosh all the time. We have Lashonovs and Rabbi Nachman brings this down as well, that Different Talmidim, children would walk around in the times of Rashbi and say, Pasach picha v'yeiru devarecha, that open your mouth and may your words illuminate the world. Because it was so saturated, the world was so saturated with the light of Kedusha at those points, in specific areas, in specific moments, when accessed properly, that all one needed to do was open their mouth and they began speaking Sisrei Torah. That there were tzaddikim in the world, there was light in the world. And continue, and he brings a number of makoros so that we can see the madrig of Rashbi. And the Leshem continues, and he says, And so too in the times of the Arizal, who came after Rashbi, obviously, in the middle of the 16th century, way after the 2nd century, the historical Rashbi, and way after the 1240 disclosure of the Zohar Kadosh as a book, in the, in the words of the Rambam. 
so too with the Arizal, that the Arizal sat on the banks of the Nile River in the exile of Egypt and through his Bodidus and his Boninus and, and studying the Zohar deeply enough, he was exposed to the Gili of Eliyahu Anavi, whether it's Ba'orech Aguf or Ba'orech HaSechel, whether it was fully disclosed to him or it was by way of imagination, as we're going to see later on next week, Bezra Hashem, of whether it's Biyad HaNeviyim Edame, whether the Arizal's Giluyim were the imaginatory process of the Navi, or whether it was an actual disclosure of the essence, and we're going to see. But the lesson continues and he says, Everything was revealed in front of the Arizal as the expressed nature of the Torah. And here is where the Leshem begins to describe his project. Because prior to the disclosure of secrets, as we know, there was an, an Isser on disclosing Pneumia Torah. Like the Masechet Chagiga tells us in the beginning, and as we know, historically speaking, from the different Sadiqim where their books burned because they disclosed too much, that permission is granted, that Rishus is Nisuna, that at a certain point in history, permission was granted for anybody who wanted to come and understand Sisrei Torah, anybody who wanted to act as a son of God, as a Ben Ta'akadosh Baruch Hu, of understanding the interiority of a Kadosh Baruch Hu's will, they had Rishus to come and access it. Here the Leshem is utilizing a remarkably famous idea from the Zohar Kadosh that in the 600th year of the 6th millennia, Bishnas Tafresh, which is relatively speaking 1840, that the gates of Chachma Eliona, of elevated wisdom, and the gates of Chachma Tachtona, of lower wisdom, are going to be opened and they are going to inundate the world. That from 1840 and on, so to speak, there is a disclosure of secrets so that anybody who comes and wants to understand Panimia Satora now has access. The amount of tzaddikim who understand this Zohar in their own particular way is remarkable. The Meishiloach and the Balatanya and the Vilnagon and the Balshemtov and the Mekubalim themselves. Everybody speaks about the Shnas Tafresh as an opening of the wisdom from below and the wisdom from above. Now make no mistake about it, there is nothing messianic necessarily about a, a statement from Chazal like this in the Zohar Kadosh. This is not a claim that Mashiach was going to be revealed like the Bnei Sosar expresses so fundamentally, that whenever we find kitzim for giluyim, whenever we find times that are arranged according to our Saram HaKadoshim for the disclosure of secrets, it is not speaking about a specific historical revelation of Mashiach or redemption, but rather a personal gilui of Karva El Nafshi Gi'olai. Famously speaking, the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Rebbe of, of Chabad, in Shnas Ayin Beis in 1911 or so, he was for Mashiach. He was speaking about Mashiach and he was talking about the disclosure of Mashiach to the point that the Hasidim thought that he was beginning to talk about Mashiach coming, Mashiach Satan. But when Mashiach didn't arrive and the Hasidim came to the Rebbe Rashav bemoaning the fact that Sadiqim didn't arrive, that Mashiach didn't arrive, 
The response was that Mashiach did arrive because in that year the Rebbe Rashab disclosed Hemshech Ayin Beis. The Rebbe Rashab disclosed a series of Shirim, a series of Ma'amarim, which for him were a Giloy of Mashiach. That each person, according to their own level, according to their own experience, has different experiences of disclosure of Mashiach. And the Leshem says that from the year Tough Reish and forward, from the year 1840 and forward, there is a full disclosure of the secrets of Torah so that each and every person can study them and experience this yichud of Seichel, Maskil, and Muskal, which we spoke about at the beginning of this year. And the Leshem says, when the Zohar writes, the gates will be opened, that permission has been granted to all of those who yearn and desire to cleave to the living God through engaging in the secrets of Torah to enter and to stroll through the pardes in the right way. Now the Leshem is saying here that the Tanai, the one fundamental Tanai is the desire to understand Pinimiyas HaTorah, the desire to understand the interiority of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will, Kav Yachol, the desire to understand the inner workings of the world, of an, external, of an external world that seems so shattered and broken, to understand how there can be light in a world filled with such darkness, to understand the Tachlis, to understand what a person is meant to do and engage in, to understand what Emuna actually means to be mavara slightly, ever so slightly, a slight doubt in faith. That is the, that is the essence of Pnimi Satora. And the Leshem says something amazing. He says, And anybody who descends into the matter, anybody who really begins studying Pnimi Satora, they will find, they will find that they have permission and that the books are clear and that the ideas are not so difficult anymore. And this is all from the year of Tafresh and forward. This is all from the year of 1840 and forward. Because until then it was concealed and closed. Specifically for the unique ones of the generation. And the Leshem says, I heard this in the name of Rav Yisrael Salanter. Now there's a lot of raid about the relationship between Rav Yisrael Salanter and the Leshem, which we're not going to get into, and about the relationship or the non-relationship between the two of them. Apparently the Leshem was very afraid of asking Rav Yisrael Salanter as to whether he was allowed to study Kabbalah the way he was studying, because he would have listened to Rav Yisrael Salanter had he said no. And when Rav Yisrael Salanter heard this from Rav Yeruchim Levavitz, and Rav Yeruchim writes this explicitly in, in, in his Sefer Chacham Vadas, that apparently Rav Yisrael Salanter responded, he said, what's he afraid of? I, I have no interest in telling anybody what to do. I would never tell anyone what they should or shouldn't do. The only difference is that, you know, I don't care so much about what's going on above. All I care about is that when I eat too much, my stomach hurts. A very Kutzker type of response. That Rav Yisrael Salanter was interested in the real experiences. But as we saw last week, and as we're seeing this week, for the Leshem, there's no difference. That studying Kabbalah is in and of itself the real experience. That's a way of bringing down light into our experiences. So we see from the Leshem that from the year of 1840 and forward, in particular our times, we have more exposure to Giloy Sisrei Torah. Parenthetically speaking, the Leshem Shabbat was born in Shnas Tafresh Aleph in 1841. So the Leshem, in expressing the ideas of Rav Salanter and the ideas of the Zohar, now I don't claim that the Leshem was implying this, but there's a certain allusion to the fact that the Leshem, in his own mind, was revealing Sisrei Torah of the Arizal in a way that was hitherto unrevealed. 
and that through the writings of the Leshem and through the writings of the generation of the Mikubalim who came about from Shnas Tafresh and forward, we have a new level of access, and this includes Chasidus as well as Misnagdish Chabala, that we have new level of access to teachings that were hitherto unrevealed. Now, we're going to look at one more source, and this is in Sefer Habiurim. This is the Parish of the Leshem Shavu Bachaloma on the Arizal's Eitzchayim. And here, to give a little bit of an introduction, the Leshem is asking a very important question. We find the stira very often in the Zohar and in the Kitve HaArizal as to what are the limits at which we are allowed to contemplate godliness. As we saw, and as we're going to reiterate over and over in the series of Shirim, the Leshem was very careful at maintaining the negative theological nature of Kabbalah Sa'arizal, in line with who he saw as the crowning jewel of Jewish thought, the Rambam and Mornavuchim, the Jewish people have absolutely no access to the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. To claim that we have access to the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu would not only be tantamount to, for the Leshem, denying the nature of the Torah itself, but it would undo the entire system because if we bring down the light of infinitude into this world without any levushim, without any concealment, then the world would revert back to nothingness. Now, yes, as we're going to see later on, that the Leshem has a concept of tzimtzum, which we'll be discussing in two weeks, which really forces this idea to be clarified a little bit more. But Tzof Davar the Leshem is the Shomer Hayichud, like we said last week, that the Leshem is ensuring that Kabbalah and Kabbalah Sa'arizal B'frat remains part and parcel of the Jewish process of Torah learning. So he's very careful to ensure that even when we talk about divinity, even when we talk about the worlds of HaKadosh Baruch Hu prior to the world of Atzilus, beginning with the world of Adam Kadmon Kavyachol, that we're still never talking about etzem. And the Rebbe Rashab and the Balatanya say the same exact thing. The Rebbe Rashab says explicitly in Sichos Rebbe Rashab, or in Torah Shalom rather, that even when we talk about etzem, even when Svarim describe the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's never etzem itself because we never have access to etzem. And the Leshem says explicitly in multiple places that even the concept of Ein Sof, even the concept of Or Ein Sof, the disclosure of the infinite light, is still nothing but a level of revelation after its symptom, after a level of concealment. Now, the Leshem is trying to ask the question of at which point are we allowed to continue discussing ideas and at which point are we forced to limit ourselves? Now, the Zohar has contradictory statements. At certain points, the Zohar says, even when you're discussing Malchus, even when you're discussing the lowest level of existence, you still come upon the realization that Ma'apapashta, what have you even understood? That even the lowest expression of a Kaddish Baruch Hu is indiscernible and non-understandable. So we see that really we don't have access to study anything. In other places, the Zohar states that the limit is Bina, of me. Bina is associated with the question of who. When I ask who, it implies that there's a certain distance that abides because I don't have access to Bina. And the Leshem brings up all the different answers that the Arizal gives and that Rechaim Velazhener gives in Nefeshachayim. And Sof Tavar Kol he says that none of these are going to be reasonable enough for me. He's trying to understand why it is that there are certain places in the Zohar and the Arizal that say you can't understand anything beyond Malchus. And why there are certain places in the Zohar, in particular the Ijarabah and the Safaditz Nusa, which discuss Reshad Lo which discuss Adam Kadman, which discuss the loftiest levels of experience and existence way beyond Malchus. So on the one hand, we have no access. And on the other hand, the Arizal and Rashbi had unlimited aspects. 
unlimited access to all of these ideas. And the Leshem Shabbat V'chaloma says something amazing. He says, Klolo Shodavar, who at the end of the day, the truth is, amiti yire, that any true reader of these ideas sees, that when I look at all the Meforshim, there's really no satisfying answer. That in spite of the fact that there are some explanations, at the end of the day, there's really no satisfying answer. And the Leshem now offers his own answer. And he says something amazing. He says that there is a fundamental difference between the disclosure of Torah as history marches towards the end of itself. That in later generations, the giloi of chitzonius Torah, of the external pashtus Torah, of revealed Torah, there is a massive expression of revealed Torah in quantity because we can't understand the words of the Rish- the Rishonim, what the Rishonim were capable of expressing in very few words, now takes numerous farm to express. And Rav, Rav Chaim Brisker in the Hakdama to Chedusha Rav Chaim Alevi Al Rambam, his son, the Grizz, or Rav Moshe, along with the Grizz, wrote a Hakdama, Hakdamas Panei Machabrim, and they really touch the same exact understanding that the revelation of Niglos Torah Ba'achris Hayamim at the end of days, at the end of history, will be a massive increase in quantity and a descent in quality, that there are no new chidushim necessarily, everything is built and contained on the words of the Rishonim, but there is a need to express things more verbosely. There is a need to use more words, more verbiage to express ideas. And on a certain level, that's positive because there's more Torah to learn, but on the other level, it's a degradation because it's miyutalababos. We no longer have the access to understand things. But by Pneumius Torah, the Leshem says, when Panemius Torah, when Kabbalah is disclosed, there's a paradoxical movement. As history marches forward, as the Levavos become lower and lower, as the world becomes more concealed, Panemius Torah experiences a disclosure, a new revelation, not only in quantity, but in quality as well. That each and every day, says Leshem, that a person recognizes the disclosure of the secrets of Torah, a person finds that what was usher to study yesterday is allowed to be studied today. And the ideas that were too lofty to be understood in the past, we have full access to nowadays. And it's an incredible idea that Panemia Satora, as history moves forward towards its end, there are more and more secrets that are revealed, newer secrets, content that has yet to be revealed, content that has yet to be understood. Now, it doesn't mean chas v'shalom nu hakdamos. It doesn't mean ideas that were not contained within the Arizal or within Rashbi, but what it means is that there are new ways of understanding the words of Rashbi and the words of the Arizal. That's an axiomatic fact that is necessary for properly understanding the words of the Arizal. Everything is contained within the Arizal, and everything is contained within Rashbi. But there are new ways of understanding that have hitherto not been disclosed, so that nowadays we have more access to ideas that previous generations had no access to. Leshem says as follows, he says, It's known that the Holy Torah is disclosing itself and revealing itself more and more at every moment. In every aspect of the Prat, Remez, Drash, and Sod. Nevertheless, 
הנה יש חילוק גודל בין חילוק הנגלה שבה לחילוק הניסטר שבה. There's a fundamental distinction between the revealed aspect of Torah and the concealed aspect of Torah. Why? כי הגם שבשניהם הנה הוא מתגדל אס תמיד, הן בכמוסה והן באיכוסה, that yes, both of them are perpetually elevating themselves both quantitatively and qualitatively. האיכוס הוא מה שמתגל לחידושי תורה בכל עץ, מה שלא נתגל מקודם לזה, qualitatively meaning that there are new chidushim that have never been revealed before, and, and quantitatively meaning that they are expressed and explained more and more. He says, בחלק הנגלה, In the revealed aspects of Torah, the main expansion, that which is added and growing at every moment as time continues to get later, is quantitative at best. That there is more and more of a need of expressing things more and more. And yes, the Lashem expresses the need to learn Nigla Satora, obviously, and the benefit that emerges in studying Nigla Satora more and more. But he continues and he says, Amnan b'chelek ha-nister sh'ha-torah ha-kadosha. In the chelek of nister, lo kenhu. Because this disclosure and revelation of the secrets of Torah in our generation, starting from Shnas Tafresh and onwards, starting from the moment when permission has been granted for anybody who wants to learn and study Torah, they have full permission, as the Leshem says in his Hakdama to Hakdamu Susha'arim, that lo davarachu ki mimcha, that it's no longer far from you, and if you think that you have no time to study Pneumius HaTorah, study five minutes a day, and you'll realize that you have more time, like Rav Yisrael said. He says, because the main chidush, the main addition that is expressed in the world of Pneumius HaTorah is in terms of its quality, that there are new ideas, that the Arizal and, the, and Rashbi and the Arizal were capable of disclosing secrets, areas of Kedusha, areas of Amuna. secrets of faith that had hitherto been undisclosed. And it's specifically in our generation, according to the Leshem, that we have access to ideas that were never accessed before. And the reason for that is because, like the Leshem says, that by studying the words of Torah, by studying Kabbalah and the Arizal and the Zohar and the words of the Leshem himself, that we are accessing the experience of these things. That unconsciously and consciously, by uttering these words, by saying them, By pronouncing them, we are performing a religious act. We are bringing down a light of Kedusha, a light of the future that abides within our Neshamos, saturating the world of Panemius with the world of Makif, with that which surrounds the world of Panemius. So that when we study Kabbalah, we are not only enlargening and deepening our experience of faith and, and resolving the questions that we have, both personally and collectively, but we are also resolving and bringing about these same giluyim. That when we study the Leshem, when we study the Arizal, when we think about these words properly, when a person studies the Zohar by candlelight or in the darkness of their own home, what they are creating is an actual Tam of Gan Eden. that Baha'i Safra Yafkin Megalusa, that with this Sefer you will be redeemed from exile. It is not a cause and effect, but it is simultaneous, that in studying the words of Pneumia Satora, we bring Geula to ourselves at that particular moment, Ka'asher Husham. And as we're going to see next week, when we study the ideas of the Leshem in terms of what studying Kabbalah Sa'arizal actually is, whether they are a metaphor or whether they are literal, or whether they are some way in between, We're going to see how this idea continues to animate and to, continues to inform all of the ideas of the Leshem Shuvah Bachalom.